You're listening to the Tamar Yona Show here on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And today, on the 65th day of the war with Gaza, after that horrible day on October 7th, when the Hamas broke the ceasefire with Israel, invaded our country, went into Jewish communities and killed men, women, and children and babies, raped women, tortured people, burned them alive, killed over a thousand, way over a thousand people. And now we are on day 65 of this war, trying to take out these Hamas terrorists. You're listening to the Tamar Yona Show here at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. We're going to be speaking about the following topics, but I want to remind you that if you have a comment or question during the show as it airs live on Sunday between 4 to 5 p.m. Holy Time right here in the land of Israel, or if it's between 9 to 10 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time on Sunday, that means that we are live and you can join us on the air with a comment or a question on the topics that we're talking about. Our numbers are on the top of the homepage at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And the topics we will be talking to talking about today is USA and West, an organized nervous breakdown. Also, who is, quote unquote, the West? And can it be relied upon? Remember, there's a whole Eastern Hemisphere <laughs> in the world. And can the Western Hemisphere, or the West, I should say, be relied upon. Also, did Hamas short sell? And lastly, flood the tunnels? That's a question mark there. Uh, I think that we're already doing that, by the way. But uh, we're going to be speaking now with our guest, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. He is a researcher, uh, former lecturer at Ben-Gurion University. He has authored over 90 books and 400 research papers on science, history, and more. He commentates on Mideast and world issues. Welcome to the show, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. Thank you. All right, uh, let's go to your first topic, and that is USA and West, an organized nervous breakdown. What do you mean by that? Okay, well, you know, let's start with something that, that everybody appreciates. Um, um, I'm, I'm, I'll start with a, a statement that a lot of people won't like. I'm saying that Dorothy now rules America. What's the difference between anti-Semitism and the Wizard of Oz? The Wizard of Oz had flying monkeys. Anti-Semitism is flying university professors, uh, presidents, I'm sorry. Presidents hmm. actually works as well. Okay, so check the history. Every time anti-Semitism broke out uncontrollably, millions of people died. Remember, in World War II, 7% of those that were died were Jewish. 7%. 93% were non-Jewish. So... What is the objective here of the anti-Semites that are flooding the streets of every Western country right now? They're not just talking about Jews. That, that's one of the things that people need to really figure out is that when Jews are attacked, it's never about Jews. Never. Never has been. So where is America heading right now? Well, I, I would just like to jump in and say it, it is always about Jews, but it never ends with the Jews. Maybe maybe that might be more accurate. What do you... Well, I, I, I don't know. I think Jews are their excuse. That, that's not, that's, it's like the symptom of a disease. You know, if you're, if you're coughing, does that mean that you have pneumonia or does that mean that you have simply a, 
uh, um, uh, um, a sore throat or something like that. Okay, we'll we'll skip. Go ahead. I I think that the anti-Semitism is a symptom of something much, much deeper. Look, these three university presidents, remember, these are the uh, uh, premier universities in America. They're some of the best or were some of the best universities in the world. Harvard, MIT, I mean, this is like the cream of the cream. And they show themselves to be stupid. I mean, the answers to the, the answers that they tried to give to the questions were unintelligent. Okay, I think you need to give a background for people who have not been following the news, because not everybody knows what went on with the questioning of these uh, universities. Okay, that okay. I'm, uh, I apologize. I'm a little bit surprised at that. I thought that was something that was um, flowed over almost every network that, that I can think of. But I hope right. it was, but who knows? Okay, we just okay, want to make so, sure our listeners uh, are uh, As everyone probably knows, there have been um, uh, um, uh, 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 violent anti-Semitic demonstrations in in almost every major university around. America and in, and and somewhat less in other places as well, but primarily in America. And so the 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 U.S. Congress invited presidents of three of the premier universities in America: Harvard, MIT, and University of Pennsylvania. These are so-called Ivy League universities. These are the the supposedly the best of the of the best. One can one can. Uh, uh, disagree if they are actually the best or not. I don't. I don't. I don't care about. But if they're not the best, they're certainly among the best. MIT is certainly a phenomenal. Uh, uh, certainly has a phenomenal record in terms of technologies. Harvard has a many many uh, 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 strong um, departments, etc. These are good universities. So the presidents of these universities were invited, um, and they. Uh, 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 were invited to a um, um, uh, um, a session of a of a, a committee in, in Congress, and they were asked questions about anti-Semitism, and basically they refused to answer. The answers that they gave were utterly stupid, utterly ridiculous. So there were calls at these universities in order to kill the Jews, as saying basically condoning genocide, and they were saying, "Do you allow this on your campus?" And the, these. Uh, these uh, uh, the heads of the university were saying, "Well, it all depends upon the context." Yeah, there was a there was a really cute cartoon. I forget by whom read at the moment, but did we lose you, Doctor Mordechai Ben Menachem? Okay, I think that we lost you for a moment, but we're going to get Tar on the air with us. Uh, do we have Can you back? Me? Yeah, we hear you now. Yep. Okay, uh, we uh, have I, a caller. I don't know. I lost you for some reason. But we have a caller. We have uh, jo- uh, joining us Tar from the uh, Midwest. And just before I have him on, we're getting a red alert signal now uh, coming in from uh, the north of Israel. The north of Israel in a place called uh, Batset, I believe it's called, uh, is under a red alert siren. And we are praying for the safety of our people who are running right now for safety to uh, f- uh, to get out of uh, fire. All right, Tar, welcome to the show. Yes. What's your comment or question Thank for us you. here at Israel News Talk Radio? Uh, uh, so many of these universities are supported by uh, 
by the the elite uh, Jews that are here in America that have, have been so uh, prosperous and are, are so wealthy, and and how can they have been so blind? And excuse me for saying this, how can they be so stupid for supporting these universities that has not supported the the Jewish community? I I was just wondering how how did that happen over these uh, last whatever decades? All right, and that that's what I just want to ask. Okay, legitimate question. You can ask, of course, uh, Dr. Mordechai. Do you want to answer first? I, 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 you know, I'll, I'll say I don't really understand myself how how it happens. How do these people who somehow consider themselves to be Jewish, and I don't know if they really do, um, how can they not support Jews? I I don't understand that. I don't know how if there is a reasonable answer or even an unreasonable answer. Okay, so I'll um, I'll I'll tackle it if you if you don't have one. Fine, if you have if you have something. <laughs> okay, so I mean, you look at Jewish history, and you the, the Jewish people having been slaves in Egypt, we all have this uh, liberal streak that goes through us of uh, of you know wanting people to be able to be free, and we want to always help the downtrodden. But the but the uh, of unfortunately the majority the vast majority of the Western uh, Jews that live in Western countries do a, a, even in the Eastern countries by the way do not have a proper Torah Jewish education and the Torah teaches us to be kind and to be merciful and to do all these things but there's a limit and there's a time because it says also in the Torah uh, basically that the message is that if you're kind to the cruel you end up being cruel to the kind and these Jews are and and I can tell my my, my parents as well value education above almost everything but they're but here we're talking about Jews who grew up in America and identify mostly as American that happen to be Jewish. And therefore, they are uh, investing in education. They feel that education is the best thing for society. And in a sense, you know, in one, in one sense, they're, they're correct. And so it's a value of the Jewish people to give their charity money to educational institutions, to hospitals. How many hospitals do you see? Mount Sinai Hospital here, Mount Sinai Hospital there, and all of these endeavors. So this is what you're seeing. And now these Jews who thought that they they could assimilate, that they can be accepted, that look how good we are. We're, we're also Americans and we're also patriotic and we also donate towards institutions. Now they're waking up and they're seeing that it doesn't matter because when it comes down to it, unfortunately and sadly, there are many non-Jews who have secretly in their hearts a hatred for the Jewish people. They're anti-Semitic and here's an opportunity where they can in their mind, legitimately show it in the guise of the poor, poor, poor Arabs in Gaza, uh, and and this is what's happening. That's my opinion. I don't think you're answering Tar's question. I'm sorry. I don't think you are. Okay. Um, uh, So they want to support education. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. No problem with that at all. Why do they choose these institutions that are terrible institutions? Because they're Ivy League schools. A a, a, a university (laughs) like Harvard, rather than supporting, I don't know what, uh, uh, I don't know, I don't know the names of universities in in, in America. Why wouldn't they support, for instance, a university which which, which serves uh, the, 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 the black community? 
They they do, but they do. They do that as well. The Jews give tons of money to to black to black causes because we feel for always always for the for people who are 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 downtrodden or minorities, etc. That but that that's my answer. You you don't have to like it, but that's my answer. Tar, did we answer your question? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, the the best you could. Uh, there's another thing. Uh, Nancy and I tried to uh, make uh, friends with a Jewish couple here in uh, where we live, and uh, their their parents and grand their grandparents had gone through the Holocaust, and they they taught them to fear their Judaism so much. They that they they practice. They're still Jewish, but they practice. You know, a lot of the 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 Christian, uh, yeah, uh, things just to try to blend in and hide. And ever since October the 7th, we've tried to get in touch with them. They've gone underground. They are scared to be Jewish. Yeah. You know, yeah. are scared to show it. Yes. And and that's yeah. such a, such a, it's so sad, you know. But uh, you're, you're anyway, right. I thank you for taking my call. Well, I'll let y'all get on with the show. We love y'all, and we support you, and y'all are fantastic. Thank you. Well, thank you, Tara and Nancy, and we cherish you as well. We love our listeners, and, and we especially love you. I know we've been in contact privately as well. And I want to say that these people, Tara and, and Nancy, have donated towards helping the soldiers uh, here in Israel. And uh, also my sons who were sent in in gun battles without a uh, bulletproof vest, without the proper helmets. Israel was unprepared for this, uh, sadly. We, should, we shouldn't have been, but we were. And, uh, and I want to thank them for, for uh, just jumping in and helping out. So God bless you both. All right. Um, all right, Mordecai, so I'm going to let you finish up. Okay. So I was saying, you know, so where is America heading? Let's let's. Jump back for a moment in history, in recent history. Since um, uh, the 1st of January 2000, gold has risen by 693% in, in the, since the beginning of this, of this um, uh, um, um, uh, century. The Dow has gone up 267%. In other words, gold has gone up about three times what the Dow has gone up. Gold has no expiration date. It's, it's, it's always gold. It never changes. Goldman Sachs is calling for $2,500 gold. Right now, it's, it's, a, it's uh, hovering around $2,000. It, it got to a, a new high, a high that, that, that was unprecedented at, at about $2,087. Now, it's dropped back to about $2,000. But Goldman Sachs perceives that it's going to rise to about 2,500 sometime during 2024. Okay. In three weeks, Saudi Arabia jo- joins the BRICS officially, the 1st of January of 2024. Not only Saudi Arabia, but about six countries in total. In other words, at that point, BRICS has the vast majority of the world's oil um, uh, producers are members of BRICS. There's a report that came out in the in, from the from the, uh, 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 a government agency in the United States that 186 U.S. banks are in severe credit vulnerability. That's a quote. That's that was their phrasing. Severe credit vulnerability. While Wells Fargo Bank, one of the largest banks in the United States, warns of a one billion dollar severance cost 
because they perceive that there are going to be serious lay, uh, uh, layoffs of employees of the bank. One billion dollars in severance costs. Okay, so a U.S. U.S. consumer credit debt is rising on groceries for the first time in history. Debt, the, the level of debt in, and uh, credit card debt in, in America today is unprecedented. U.S. firms see $790 billion in corporate debt about to mature during 2024, followed by $1 trillion of debt maturing in 2025. The U.S. has never seen so many black swans flying under its radar. So I'll, I'll present a, 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 an almost humorous question. Does anyone think that a, a bulletproof cyber truck is a marketing gimmick? Gimmick? Why would Tesla come out with a cyber truck which is bulletproof? I would claim that because they think it matters, that making it bulletproof actually does matter. If you think genocide needs to be contextualized, then it does matter that the cyber truck is bulletproof. Maybe I'm not following you, but aren't Brinks trucks bulletproof also with guards and armed guards on, etc.? Brinks is one company. This is a truck. This is a, the cyber truck is a consumer vehicle produced by Tesla for mass uh, uh, consumers. I Whereas see. I anybody see. Anybody in America now can buy a bulletproof car, a bulletproof automobile for a relatively normal price, whatever that. I see. I see. Is. Okay. I, I misunderstood you. Okay. Interesting. So you're so, saying so that there's going to be a market for it. A phenomenal consumer corporation. I don't happen to like them, but that's my, that's my personal taste. But I don't like the idea of the, of the, the whole electric vehicle industry. I think it's terribly inefficient. But cons the Tesla is a, is, a, is, a, is a consumer company. Why would they produce a bulletproof truck for everybody? It doesn't make normal sense unless you actually think that genocide needs to be contextualized. So how does all of this relate to anti-Semitism? The same way it did in Weimar, Germany in 1930. Same exact thing. The same thing that we're seeing now are exactly the same as we saw in 1930, 31, 32, 33 in Germany. Same thing. We see they, they, they use brown shirts. These guys use kaffir. What's the difference? These guys, they, they, they marched and, 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 and violently demonstrated in the streets. These people are marching and violently, violently demonstrating in the, seat, in the streets. The, 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 the president of Harvard actually made the claim that Harvard does not um, uh, 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 um, uh, um, limit free speech. She's a liar. What would happen if somebody on, on, on the Harvard campus said something like misusing a pronoun or what they called microaggressions? Excellent there are many point. forms of free speech that mm. Harvard knowingly and continuously um, uh, enforces and, and enforces. Controls. Yeah, that's a very good point. Excellent point. When things go really, really wrong, the powers that despise always use Jews as the ultimate scapegoat. 
The big difference this time is that the goat now has a refuge. It's not powerless. And that's us here in Israel. That's one of the reasons why this war, which many, many of us are calling now our second war of independence, because it's, it's, it, it, it very much is in very many, very many mis, uh, respects. That's why we believe this war to be so phenomenally important and, and an existential war. If we are really to be the refuge for the goats, for the scapegoats, and of course we're a lot more than that, but also that, then we need to be able to show that we are strong and capable of doing the job. We cannot be in a position where the, the, the X numbers of kilometers from the, from the Gaza border are uninhabitable. There are no man's land. That is unacceptable. Totally, completely unacceptable. That famous testimony, however, is a double-edged sword. And remember, Harvard's gay, Harvard's, uh, uh, that's her name, actually, the, the president of the, of the college of, the, of Harvard University, her name is gay. Um, she has all of 11 published papers. I mean, she's by far uh, not a, a, a leading intellectual voice. I and mean, I'm sorry, I, I, don't, I don't wish to be uh, unkind here, but 11 published, pa- published papers is not a tremendous accomplishment for a person that um, uh, has spent a career in academia. It's pretty much pathetic. If the best U.S. US universities cannot educate, what does that portend for U.S. technical leadership? Joe Blowhard, to give an example of somebody who apparently uh, claims to be highly educated, even though he was accused of plagiarism for most of his life, that's besides the point, Quote, over a billion, three hundred million, trillion, three hundred million dollars. That's what he said the other day in in, in Colorado. Over a billion, three hundred million, trillion, three hundred million dollars. And if anybody can decipher that, I'd I'd like to find out. This confused quack is the president of the disunited, excited states. And we're supposed to fear this guy? I just uh, an end note on this on this issue of the of of, of American anti-Semitism that's rampant in the streets all over. Uh, I'll take my on my just my personal comment. One thing that I learned from the tyranny that came from COVID. What is more frightening, the complicity of the educational institutions or the complicity of the journalists and the media institutions? We are all in this boxcar together. Whether you're Jewish or you're not, the boxcars don't really care who's inside of them. Hmm. Wow. Powerful. Okay, um, let's go to a caller. We have joining us Antonio from the East Coast of the United States. Hi there, Antonio. What's your comment or question? Hello. Um, I think the president of the colleges and universities they get donated donations from Arab countries as well, as well as a lot of Jews. I think that's one of the reasons why they refuse to to answer those questions by anti anti Semitic uh, behavior. Along with that, um, the woke situation is going on. They know the difference between right and wrong. There's no way, absolutely no way, 
no one can tell me they don't know because when you drive a car and a car is green, it's green light, you go. If you, you know, go through a red light, you know it's wrong. So they know it's wrong, but they're afraid of um, losing their donations and so forth. And another thing is that I think the black um, president, I don't know what her name is, whatever she may be. Gay. But the, I think the, Negro was gay. Has, the Negro was gay. That's her name. They're not gonna, <laughs> not, not a description, they're that's not, her name. They're not going to touch her because, number one, she's black. I don't think that's fair. I think they all should be, all should be resigned, should resign from the position. Number two, I would like to know what their um, resignation package, departure um, package is going to be like. Would it be millions of dollars? So there's a lot of things we have to look into to stop this nonsense of, you know, this, this genocide. It's absolutely ridiculous. Because I have met some people who, you know, lied and said, oh, you know, Jews did it. I was like, no, 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 no. Stop this BS. Stop it right then and there because you're lying. You're lying, you're lying, you're lying. So enough is enough. I think Jews should, Israel should not listen to the U.S. because Israel is a state of its own and let the U.S. worry about its own problems. And let Israel do what they have to do, period. Okay. Mordechai, thank you for your call, Antonio. God bless you for your support of Israel. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Mordechai? We certainly certainly do. You're right. First of all, factually, you're correct. They receive phenomenal quantities of of funding from the Arab countries. And one one of the things I should say, it's not simply the Arab countries, because if we take, for instance, uh, the United Arab Emirates, they condemned vocally and vociferously they condemned the hamas uh, organization and the hamas attack of the, of the 7th of, of, of october so there are there are countries that are arab and muslim and sane and I, i'm not certain but i don't think they were the only ones to con- to condemn it I, I believe morocco did it as well i'm not certain about bahrain and kuwait pardon me i'm just not i'm not certain uh saudi arabia as far as i'm aware Basically abstained. Yes, yes, they did. They, they abstained. They did. They did not condemn it, but they didn't want to say anything against Israel either. So there are a lot of Arab countries that have been have been fine on these things that have, that have acted correctly. But you are right, Antonio, that these these universities get a tremendous amount of money from um, uh, uh, Arabs and from Muslim countries, not just Arabs but also Muslims. Remember. Only 23% of Muslims are Arabs. The rest of them are non-Arab Muslims, like, for instance, Turkey, uh, 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 Iran, uh, uh, Indonesia. Indonesia, These right. are not Arabs, but they are Muslim countries. Yeah. Pakistan, etc. Okay, well, um, um, Antonio is, is, uh, has, uh, has left the airwaves from us, I mean, but we have now a Tsipora wants to call in. Tsipora, what's your comment or question? Yes. Yes, can I start? Yes, go ahead. Okay, I, I don't know if any, I'm sure Rabbi Mordechai is aware, but before this happened, there was a, a letter that was signed by 100 professors at Harvard, and President Gay actually negated that letter. I sent her a thank you, and then when this happened, I sent her a note that she needs to read the book, My Name is Alice, by Alice Miller, to learn what calls of genocide really lead up to as in the Holocaust. 
and I haven't heard back from her. But as opposed to Liz McGill, who has a long history of the same repetitive behavior, I think that gay it actually is remediable. She also, in her apology, said words matter. So um, I'm hoping she takes up our offer and that she remediates. I don't know how Rabbi Mordechai feels about this. Okay, thank well, you for your call, Tzipor. Yes, Yom answer Kippur her. has resigned. She's out, but Gay has not resigned. My personal opinion is that even if she apologizes, she needs to be, she needs to lose her job. I mean, what she did, she did. This is, this is just a fact. But if she can, uh, on a personal level, if she can, uh, if she can uh, uh, make recompense on, uh, on a personal level, of course, that is more than welcome. But she should not be the president of the of a university, and certainly not of a major university like Harvard. Okay, all right. Let's go to our next subject. If that's okay, can the West be relied upon? Who is the West, and can it okay. be relied so upon? So let's define the West. Okay. So we, the first thing we need to understand is that the concept West is no longer geographic. We're not talking about the East and West hemispheres of the globe. The West is uh, is is Western is the United States. It's Western Europe. It's Eastern Europe, it's Canada, it's Australia, it's Japan, and it's Taiwan. Clearly, that's sprinkled all around the globe and has nothing whatever to do with geography any longer. It used to be, used to be geographic, and it's not today. It's a concept. It's a, 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 an amorphous concept. Japan is still the third, the third largest economy in the world, despite their um, uh, difficulties in terms of demographics. It's the only country after the U.S. with a true blue water navy. People need to be aware of that, that Japan actually has what is probably the second most powerful navy in the world after the United States. And most people are not aware that the Japanese, well, but constitutionally, the Japanese armed forces are called a self-defense force. It is quite significant and is not a trivial uh, it is not a trivial military power. Um, and, that, and in parallel with that, they are now increasing their budgets, their defense budgets. So um, uh, 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 they have a strong culture, as I said, awful demographics. Cold War I was transatlantic. Cold War II is transpacific. In Cold War I, the United States expected to sacrifice Western Europe to protect itself. It was not really an, an alliance. It's, 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 a, it's a fallacy. It was never really a, an alliance because an alliance infers that there's some sort of equality between the various members. And de Gaulle proved that to be incorrect. But there was, never was any equality between them. In Cold War II, where we are right now, and it's trans-Pacific, there's no one who's willing and capable of dying for America. Australia is tiny and puny. Strategically, it's totally irrelevant. That might not be too happy a thought for Australians, but unfortunately, that happens to be the case. Um, I don't know if people are aware, certainly people in America are probably not aware, but the Israeli government issued a travel warning because the, to, for any Israeli traveling to Australia because anti-Semitism in Australia is so bad that they had to, that they felt that a travel warning was necessary. It's a dangerous place for any Israeli to visit today. Japan's culture is stronger. 
certainly uh, much stronger than, than, than Australia or, or most places on the planet for that matter. More homogenous than the United States. In case of war over Taiwan, God forbid, Japan is the only true combatant, com, um, combatant, I'm sorry. Um, uh, uh, a U.S. carrier fleet is almost irrelevant in terms of a war against mainland China. It's, it's completely vulnerable to missile fire and the missiles, uh, as I've already quoted before, a $20 billion carrier is vulnerable to, uh, 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 to a million dollar missile. That's not really a very um, comforting thought. Carrier that costs like $20 billion to build and then to um, uh, equip can be shot out of the water, can be sunk by a missile that costs one, $1 million. That's really not... Uh, carriers don't really have strong defense against, the, against these Chinese shore-to-sea missiles. And of course, if they, uh, the Chinese missiles um, would not be fired one by one, they'd be fired in salvos, large salvos, mm. making it even harder to defend against them. Um, so Japan is the only is probably the only competent if, if Taiwan is attacked. By the way, many analysts, and I would have to concur with this thought, believe that China has very likely, not conclusively, but very likely missed the window. And from this point on, chances of China being able to attack Taiwan appear to be lessening. Um, Philippines and Vietnam do not want to take sides. Though the, though the Vietnamese are a very powerful land army, they do not have any naval capabilities of any of any. Uh, of any note, the Philippine Navy is mostly Israeli supplied. Um, uh, uh, India is for India; they have a powerful navy, but it's not really a blue water navy. It's a lateral navy. In other words, it's a navy which needs to stay close to the Indian shore. It can't go as far as Taiwan in any in any real realistic manner. So the Houthis think they can control shipping in the Babel Mandeb Straits and the almighty U.S. can do, all it can do is bluster and shoot down missiles. Remember, the entire concept of the economic model designed by the United States after World War II, or in the end, <coughs> towards the end of World War II, actually, <coughs> was based on the idea of universal, global trade, free shipping, no problems in shipping. All of that is breaking down now. It's not just globalism that's breaking down in terms of economics. It's breaking down in terms of free shipping. We're seeing problems in Babel Mandab Strait. We're seeing problems in the Hormuz Strait. We're seeing problems today in the Malacca Straits. All of the major choke points in the world today are problematical, and this extends even to the to the to the uh, Panama Canal. There are problems that the United States can no longer police or solve. So now an idea has been broached. Um, well, if the United States can't do anything about the Houthis, should Israel? 
Should we declare that if Israeli shipping can't go through the Suez Canal and through the Bab el-Mandeb Strait, that nobody can? That is a thought that's being banded around, and people should be aware of that. This is not good for the world. If something is not done about the Houthis, Europe will suffer tremendously. Europe's lifeline goes through the, the Suez Canal, and of course the precedent to the Suez Canal is Bab el-Mandab. By the way, Bab el-Mandab, the, 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 the meaning of the, of, the, of the name is the Straits of Tears. This is where the black slaves were brought from Africa. They came through the Straits of Bab el-Mandab for, for, for many centuries. Horrible thought, that is, that that name remains. This entire situation has shown America and the West militarily to be very nearly impotent. This is an enormous problem for the entire world. Europe can do nothing. No European country today has a navy of any value whatever, not even the British. American navy has presence but they're afraid to use it. They have two carrier strike forces here in the Middle East, and they're afraid to actually use these, these, this, this Navy. The power does not exist in theory. The power is only there if it can be used. Why are they afraid? You have to tell our listeners. Well, I, I'm not sure if I know why they're afraid, but they are afraid. That That's, hap- that's simply a fact. I mean, the, the American Navy has been, I'm not talking about shipping now, the American Navy, the actual servicemen, the, the military people, have been attacked several times, and America has done nothing. In terms of American soldiers and, 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 and uh, servicemen and women in the, in the Middle East, stationed in Syria, in Iraq, etc., they've been attacked some 80 times over these last few weeks. And their, their, their reactions have been pretty much silly, just nothing. So, they attacked a yeah. couple of, of, of unmanned depots. Nobody really cares about that. Nobody. I, I want our listeners to understand that it's not the Houthis uh, that they should be looking at specifically, but Iran, because Iran, the Houthis are just a, 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 a proxy of Iran. So this is really Iran attacking America, but it's they're using the hand of the Houthis to do it, so uh, they can't be blamed. It's like, we didn't do it. It was the Houthis that did it, right? Well, well yeah, first of all, what you said is absolutely correct, but, beyond, but it's beyond that. The Houthis are well, concerning the Bab al-Mandeb. Well, what about Syria and Iraq? That's not Houthis. That's other proxies. Now, remember... The Iranian um, uh, 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 government is composed mostly of Persians. Talking about ethnicities now. Iran has many, many ethnicities. The largest of them is Persian. Persians are Aryans. They compose about 50% of of the population of Iran. Aryans do not really care about Arabs. Arabs, as far as they're concerned, are disposable. And that, I mean that literally. Go back and look at Persian 
anyone who has the time and inclination, go back and look at Persian um, uh, uh, poetry from the past thousand years. And I have. I have books of, of poetry. I love poetry. Go back and look at Persian poetry. What they say about the Arabs is not complimentary. So the Arabs are disposables. They're, they're throwaways. I'm sorry. This is, this is not a pleasant thing to say, but that's how they look at them. They look at them as expendable, just as the Hamas looks at the, uh, the people, the, the Arabs in Gaza, as disposable as well. They're, they use yes, it as human and, shields, etc. And, and, et and, and Iranians look at Hamas as disposable also. By the way, if anybody hasn't seen those uh, pictures yet of Arab, uh, the uh, Hamas surrendering and standing in lines in their underwear to make sure they're in their underwear and we have to strip them down to make sure that they're not carrying any suicide bombs, grenades, all these things like that. And they're giving up uh, the, the, the morale of the Hamas as Israel hits harder and gets closer to the end of this war. And I hope that the United States or the, the international community doesn't try to stop us and, and call another ceasefire. But uh, they they are seeing, the people are complaining. I, I think this was even, might have been on, was it on Al Jazeera? I don't remember what news network it was on. That one of these Arab women was saying that all, they were asking, well, what about the humanitarian aid that Israel's letting in? And she, and she was saying, oh, all of it goes down into the tunnels where the Hamas, where the, uh, the Hamas officials, like the higher up Hamas, uh, uh, Hamas. Uh, well, that's actually directly connected to our next segment, because the next segment is about uh, uh, the way that Hamas used this attack to enrich its leaders. Okay, so go ahead. So, so that that comes under the the title that you gave me today of "Did Hamas Short Sell?" So go ahead. Okay, so let, let's just uh, I'll, let, let's begin with explain a brief explanation of what short selling means. Short selling in in terms of stocks and bonds and and things like that means basically one goes to the marketplace. You borrow X amount of some stock. You don't own it. You bo- it's borrowed. You sell it. Let's say for 100. You wait for it to go down, and you buy it back at 50. That difference is your profit. When you buy it back, you can then return it to, to whoever uh, lent it to you, and you've made a profit of 50. So that's what short selling basically means. Now, that's a normal transaction in any stock market today. And not just in stocks, but that's, it's short selling is done with stocks, with commodities, with bonds, with all, all sorts of things. Normally speaking, in Israel, the Israeli stock market is not very large. We're a small country. So the normal daily shorts in Israel are about 2,000 shorts per day. On the 2nd of October... There were 227,000 shorts. So there are two researchers, uh, economic researchers in America by the names of Robert Jackson and David Greenwald that claim that somebody, and that someone is undefined at the moment, um, shorted some major Israeli stocks. Uh, Bank Lumi was one of them, which is Israel's largest bank. Um, uh, uh, um, so a phenomenal quantity, as I said, instead of 2,000, 200,000. 
And apparently it was done by one trader. We do not know yet who that was. But apparently this somebody was capable somehow of uh, uh, predicting the attack of the 7th of October. Now, Haaretz, which is about as viable, viable and valuable newspaper as used toilet paper, um, called said that that that, that was that that, that was uh, billions of dollars. It was not billions of dollars, but it may have been as much as a hundred million dollars, which is, by any reckoning, a very substantial uh, quantity of, of funding. Um, so, side by side with the billionaire leaders of Hamas, and we've talked in the past about you know the. Uh, uh, Hania and uh, Abu Malzouk and etc. These so-called le Hamas leaders that never appear in Gaza and they live in Qatar and in Turkey and etc. Uh, and each of them is worth in affluence, uh, right? uh, uh, se several billion dollars. Hania is worth four billion dollars. Abu Malzouk is worth uh, terror $3 pays well. Sorry, terror pays well. They steal all the money oh, yes, from the West. <laughs> Oh, yes, it does. All Our the taxpayer money from the well, West. And, and so were many, many of the others. Um, you know, they, 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 they know how to do their jobs. And um, so somebody made a lot of money, made perhaps, as I said, perhaps, perhaps as much as $100 million out of this um, uh, um, uh, horrible massacre of the 7th of October. Remember, people, Hamas does not pay for Gaza. UNRWA pays for Gaza. Now, if you're an American citizen, you are paying for the support of Gaza, not Hamas. Hamas is pocketing the money that it receives as donations. It has very, very deep pockets. UNRWA, the uh, uh, United Nations, what's it called again? I forget the, forget exactly what it's Relief called. Agency? United Nations uh, Relief uh, Agency. Relief and Works Agency. Which is a, a totally unique agency around the world, and even for the for the uh, unmen, uh, they're the ones who pay for things in Gaza. They pay for the education, for the for the, for, the, for, for, for all the services, and etc. <clears throat> um, once again, the the so-called left proves that capitalism is the promised land of every socialist. So there's a little bit of statistics to give some background to what I'm saying here. In 2022, Israel supplied Gaza with 5.7 billion gallons of water, 67,000 trucks of supplies, 67% of its electricity, plus fuel for the other third. Some 20,000 Gazans worked in Israel. All of this is paid for by Israeli taxpayers. While Hamas gets all this donations to uh, uh, support the poor people of Gaza. And they stuff it, stiff them. They take the money, they have fun, and the poor people of Gaza remain poor. Remember, when we're out there fighting Hamas, we're fighting for ourselves, but there are a lot of other uh, uh, interested parties here in us having, having um, succeeding in winning this war. The horrors that the people of Gaza have been living under for the last almost two decades. I don't like the people in Gaza, the people that are there today. I did like the ones that were living there 50 years ago. 
But uh, I, the people living there today uh, 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 are, are really horrible people. But even the horrible people do not deserve what they're getting from Hamas. Well, you know what they say, uh, population deserves the leaders that they get. And they voted just uh, less than 20 years ago. They voted in the Hamas yes. in yep. Democratic democratic elections. One man, one vote, one time. That's right. Democratic elections. They voted them in. And since then, their children from kindergarten are taught and do plays in school. They have shows like programs, How to Kill Jews. From kindergarten. From kindergarten. So all of these kids... All they want to do is kill Jews. They talk about, I want to, you know, but they don't, they don't say English, but they're saying, you know, we, I want to stab a Jew. I want to run him over with the car. There's a phenomenal video that was published, I think, um, a week or two weeks ago of some fellow who was born in Israel, an Arab, who was born in Israel. He was sent by his parents to study in a Gaza uh, 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 mosque, a uh, uh, a, a very radicalized Gaza mosque, and eventually, apparently, he has a very significant brain, and eventually, he converted to Judaism, uh, uh, and he and he went to actually join the IDF and fought for Israel. I think I sent you the video. You uh, did. Mark. You did. You did. It's a short video, and if anybody can uh, access it, it's really worthwhile. I think it's about nine minutes long, and it's a conversation with his, which is. Phenomenal and fantastic. It's in, 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 in English. So anybody can listen to it. It's translated. Um, and, and it's I highly recommend it because he's a man who really knows what he's talking about, about the horrors of the educational system in Gaza. Remember, the educational system is not Hamas per se. The educational system is owned and operated by UNRWA, and UNRWA is owned and operated by Hamas. But this is the this is the education provided by the United Nations. If you're an American citizen, remember you're providing twenty percent of the budget of that out of your pocket. Okay, and uh, flooding the tunnels. Okay, let's get to the issue of flooding the tunnels. We're running out of time, so I have to be a little bit short on this. There's a question about flooding the tunnels. People need to understand what we're talking about here. And I understand that some tunnels have been flooded, but we need to realize what this actually means. First of all, um, Gaza is, t- is entirely built on sand. So unless the water is moving very fast and very powerfully, it won't go very far in the tunnels. Remember, it's all sand, so it will sink into the sand very quickly. But it's cement. The- I mean, they, they've cemented no, the, the tunnels. It's cement on the top, not on the bottom. In other words, the floor is sand. The, f- the floors of the tunnels are, remain sand. The floors are not cemented. Okay. And even the walls are only partially cemented. They're supported by cement uh, 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 units, but they're not totally cement okay i'm trying just to picture the videos that i've seen some of them have floors because they were different levels but go ahead okay go ahead correct okay so so the big problem here is first of all uh the water will sink into the ground secondly um uh uh 
sinking into the ground, it will destroy the ground for agriculture because remember, we're taking the water from the Mediterranean, it's, it's salt water. Uh, 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 this will destroy any agricultural use of the ground for decades. It'll destroy the Gaza infrastructure, which is not necessarily what we, what we really want to do. Um, there may be hostages in the tunnels. Tunnels, you know, we talk about a tunnel network, but that does not necessarily mean that all tunnels are connected in every to every other tunnel. There are stoppages there. Uh, there some, in some cases, a tunnel simply stops. They didn't dig anymore. Some places, the tunnels are blocked by blast doors and all sorts of other uh, impediments of that nature. So flooding the tunnels is not, does not mean flooding all the tunnels at once. It doesn't work that way. Um, there are a lot of chemicals in these tunnels because, remember, one of the things that Hamas was trying to do, they were trying to manufacture chemical weapons. So there are a lot of chemicals in these tunnels. Flooding them will um, uh, 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 cause these chemicals to also seep into, into the ground. Um, so there are problems with the idea of flooding tunnels. It's, it's, a, it's a localized thing to do. It's, it's a tactical solution for some, in some cases. It is not a, a, a strategic uh, uh, uh It's not green. <laughs> it's well, not but, green. Well, far, be, far from not green. I mean, it, it won't even work militarily for very long. It'll, it'll only have a very partial effect. But where it can be done, evidently some of that is being done today, and it's a, it's a little bit problematical, but we need to understand what the problems are. News reports, news reports talk about damaging the Gaza water supply. Those are nonsense news reports by nonsense imitation journalists. Gaza does not have a water supply. The water in Gaza is supplied by Israel. Some 10 to 20 percent of, of water that Gazans use, what they do is they uh, 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 drill uh, irresponsibly into the, into the aquifer, actually drilling into Israel because they, they do not drill straight down, they drill at an angle, drilling into Israel to steal water from the aquifer, and that is causing the aquifer to be salted in any case because they're overusing it and they don't have anything like management. So, so any of these news reports that talk about the, the flooding damaging the Gaza local water supply, these are nonsense. These are people that know nothing about Gaza. Uh, Jabalia alone, for instance, had 800 tunnels. Jabalia, if, if anyone remembers, this is called by the news people um, uh, uh, um, a refugee camp. It's not a refugee camp. It was 70 years ago a refugee camp. Today it's simply a town. It has many luxury apartments worth over a million dollars each. It also has hovels. It also has crappy places. I mean, you know, this is like any other town, any place in the world. It has places for rich people and paid places for poor people. That's life. Um, but Jabalia is far from being a, uh, a uh, refugee camp, a squalid refugee camp, as people love to call it. It's a normal city in many, in many respects. It had over 800 tunnels. Many of them, a very large number, are actually in UNRWA installations, schools, uh, uh, clinics, etc., uh, etc. Et um, uh, uh, also remember that as news of the 7th uh, October slaughter was live streamed by the terrorists, the 
UNRWA as an organization as a, and also the staff as individuals celebrated and justified it on Facebook. In other words, the organization itself, the United Nations supported the Hamas attacks of the 7th of October. They can deny it now, but the evidence is out there for anyone who wants to look at it. Um, UNRWA was the same people that uh, uh, educated the perpetrators of the of the 1972 Munich Olympic um, uh, massacre as well, where 11 Israeli athletes were slaughtered. They were all educated by UNRWA, as was Mohammed Dif, as was uh, 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 Simar, as all of these people were. Um, quoting from the AP, the Associated Press, from 2014 to 2020, United Nations agencies spent Four four and a half billion dollars in Gaza, including six hundred million dollars in 2020. More than 80 percent of that funding is channeled through the UN Agency for Palestinian Refugees. That's that's UNRWA. Some 280,000 children in Gaza attend schools run by UNRWA, which also provides health services and food aid. Close quote. United Nations Watch, which despises UNRWA. Uh, 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 um, 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 as as do I. The United Nations has 13,000 employees in tiny Gaza. 13,000. They know exactly what's going on. They all knew Hamas's terror infrastructure was in the hospital compound where Israel wouldn't attack. They lied to the world for 16 years to paint Israel as evil. Close quote. For the past six months, Iranian funding of various terror organizations has grown by 600%. So, on that pleasant note, Tamar, you there? I am here. Oh, okay. On that pleasant note, you, you're going to end. Is yes. that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I want to thank everybody who's been listening in all the way from the United States to the Virgin Islands, to the Netherlands, to Australia, to Sweden, to other places as well. Of course, the Holy uh, Land of Israel. Thank you, everybody, for listening in to the Tamariano Show here at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. We are live every Sunday between 4 to 5 p.m. Holy time right here in the land of Israel, or if it's between 9 to 10 a.m. U.S. Eastern time on Sunday mornings, we are live. You can call in with your comments or your questions. You can join us on the air. I love doing talk shows, and that's why we offer it to you. And I want to thank Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem as well for being with us. You should be healthy and stay safe, Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem, and all of our thank listeners you. as well. And uh, again, we are blessing our soldiers to finish this war quickly, to keep the people of Israel safe. As you know, we had a red alert siren during our show uh, in the north of the country. And we are wishing safety for all of our citizens, all of our soldiers, all of our captured, our kidnapped, and a full and speedy recovery to all of our injured, to the thousands of injured from this war. Thank you, everybody, for being with us. You've been listening to the Tamariano Show here at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com.